Hello and welcome to another episode of Bare Minimum Babe. I am once again, as per usual now, <laughs> recording this episode before or right between going, getting home from the gym and drinking my protein shake, which is, that's the straw. I chugged it before I started and between taking a shower and starting my day. So I've got not that long to record this episode. Way to plan, Amanda. Um, to be fair, I did plan to record this. Now I just was later than anticipated. So anyways, getting into the point of this episode. So I recently heard another podcast because I like podcasts, obviously. Um, and it was awesome with Allison and very meta, but she was talking about another podcast that she heard. Um, and then I listened to that and I think it was Oprah's super soul Sundays or something like it was a snippet from, so it wasn't like a real podcast. She was just taking Oprah's a machine and they're like so smart and business savvy. So they're just taking little snippets from the Super Soul Sundays and turning it into a podcast, basically. But, anyways, um, the episode, uh, the snippet from the Super Soul Sunday was with Elizabeth Gilbert. Um, she's the author who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. She's written a couple other books as well, obviously. Like, she didn't just write one book, and that's the only book she's ever written. She just had massive success with that book. And she talks about that, obviously, a lot, too. Um, my favorite book, actually, from her is called Big Magic. And she talks about how, like, the writing is not necessarily her. It's a whole thing. I really like it. It's about creativity and things like that and kind of takes the pressure of creativity off of yourself in the sense of just showing up. And then just if the muse comes, the muse comes. Um, it's bigger than us, big magic. Like it's a whole thing. And she talks about how um, after the success of Eat, Pray, Love, everyone's like, oh my God, so when's your next hit? But because that was such a fluke, of huge success because it's super, 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 super rare, right? It was such a fluke that she honestly had no expectations that that would even do what it did. Um, like have a movie with Julia Roberts in it. I mean, like it's crazy, right? And then she's like, where do I go from here? Like it, I, the odds, like there's really nowhere to go from, but just kind of down from this because the odds are insane. But anyways, that's kind of the, the point of big magic that I really like. And i I'll probably link all this stuff in the show notes if I remember what I say. Actually, let me make a note. Pause it real quick. Okay, so I just made a note. Um, anyways, so the point of the Super Soul Sunday was, or in Elizabeth Gilbert's episode was, she was talking about passion and how when her book got huge, like the Eat, Pray, Love book, when it got huge, she kind of made this thing of like, of course, the next logical thing was that everyone asked me to speak about it. And the only thing that I really had to speak about at that point was passion because for the last whatever years of my life, basically her entire adult life straight out of college, she'd been like be, trying to be a writer. And then she was like working all these crap jobs basically to fund her writing. Like she was talking about being a waitress and all the other like, what you would think of as like crap jobs, basically you're not, not paid well, you're not treated well, whatever. Right. And how she would just come home and write. And so that was what kept her going was her passion. And obviously at this time, like she writes about in her eat, pray, love is that she didn't have kids. She didn't have any outside other responsibilities, but that thing. So she was able to follow her passion. And that was what that was. It was writing, obviously. Um, and how then for like the next however many years on any type of speaking event, all she would talk about is passion and how to follow your passion and like just find your passion and all these things, right? With passion. And in the super soul, I'm now just like basically giving a summary of the episode. I just really liked it and inspired me to not feel a certain way about things. So in that episode, she then talks about one time she was giving a speech and it was like any other speech that she had given about passion and following your passion, blah, 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 and all the like hype type of thing, right? To make people feel good. And she said that, yeah, I had gone back to the hotel. I was feeling pretty good about it, blah, blah, blah. And then I got this like long Facebook message. I think it was Facebook 
about, um, summarizing real quick, but it was basically like this woman who basically was like, I came to your speech tonight, hoping I would feel, you know, inspired, powerful, whatever from hearing you speak in your journey and all those things. And she was like, I've actually, it made me feel terrible. Like I feel like the worst I've ever felt. And my daughter's requesting screen time for Netflix. I don't know if you heard that. Sure. She gets 15 minutes. Um, I don't know why she keeps doing it. She has choice to do. Sorry. Uh, it was distracting. Um, anyways, uh, what was I saying? Sorry, this is super jumbled now at this point. I'm basically just talking to a friend. But anyway, she was saying the woman on the Facebook post was saying that she felt terrible. And she goes into this whole long thing about how her whole life she's been hearing from people who are, quote, you know, successful saying, just follow your passion. And basically, like you heard this everywhere with like hustle gurus of like one thing. It's the same thing with like niching down because like theoretically you can't be like huge and go, you know, go gangbusters. I don't know who uses that phrase anymore, but can't be gangbusters and go huge if you've got like 50 different things going on because you can't focus all your energy, attention, money, whatever into one specific thing to make it go really, 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 really well. And so this woman was talking about how she feels like crap when people tell her this because she doesn't have one thing. And she basically just kind of shouts it in the Facebook, like, I don't have a passion. And I'm at a, page, a stage in my life where I'm starting to feel bad about it because I've tried so many different things. I don't have one. I like to try things. I get really into stuff for a little while and then I move on to the next thing. I like to dabble. I like to be exploring new things. And so she was getting irritated because she's like, I don't have one passion that will take me through 20 years of just like sludging through things. And at that point I was like, yeah, I, I feel that because I feel the same way about the things that I do. And it makes me feel like there's something wrong with me because, or I don't know if there's something wrong with me. Like I, I, besides that, like (laughs) other things, but there's nothing wrong. It's just kind of like, because it's always talked about, especially in like hustle culture and today and, and business and whatever of like finding your passion, just find that one thing and everything will be great. And then Elizabeth Gilbert like was reflecting on this post and then she started to feel bad. Like, oh my God, have I been making people feel like this for years and had no idea because the woman in the post raised a really good point. And then she started like reflecting on her friends that she knew and like her husband even one that she talks about in Eat, Pray, Love. She goes into like quickly his story about how non-linear it was and how he got to where he was and her best friend and how it was super non-linear and was all over the place and how like she started in like a rock band and then she was doing this other thing and then she became a writer and then she became like whatever. It was super not really connected. If you look at them as pinpoints on a map, But then if you like look at the journey, you're like, oh, that one makes sense because he liked that. And then they moved into that. But there was never like one thing for like 20 years, like ever, ever, ever. And it like occurred to her, like her and other people like her with like the huge like passion to bring her into like 15 years worth of hustling of one thing or like however long it takes to quote be successful. And like for the rest of her life is much, much rarer. But because it's put on platforms, because sometimes they go huge, it's made to feel like everyone has to have that thing. And I felt that because I feel exactly like that woman where I thought I had a passion, which was music. Um, But I realized as I went into it and when it did it full time and I saw people who I assume, I feel like they did, they had the passion because I feel like it's passion is different. I feel like I should look up the definition of passion, but... In fact, I'm just going to do that on my phone really quickly, but I feel like the, the, 
I feel like the people who have that passion are much more rare and the people who dabble are much more common or like who, I don't know, live quote regular lives, you know? And I'm realizing that as I have a full-time job now and I'm like accepting like, you know what, this isn't terrible. I don't know why it's society that made me think that this was going to be terrible. But if you find something that like you're decent at, you make like a comfortable living at, like it supports your family, like it isn't like crazy terrible, then there's no reason why you need to leave that thing. You know, like, yeah, you should push yourself to get better at certain things, but like, does it have to be in every single aspect of your life or does it just have to be a couple of things that you like? Like maybe the thing that's like, quote, boring is like a full-time job or something like that. And maybe you're not passionate about because you're not following your passion because maybe you don't have one singular passion. Maybe that thing funds, like you love to travel and you love new experiences. And so that thing helps fund that. And you have like good vacation time because you've been there for like, I don't know, five years. So you're able to take like, a month off, like maybe not at one time, but like maybe like four one week things a year or whatever it is. And then you can travel and then it like fulfills you that way. But you don't quote have a passion that you're like uncontrollably following. Like you can't do literally anything else. And I looked at the definition, so I have it on my phone, but the definition of passion is a strong, um, what says a suffering and death of Jesus. Oh, I guess the passion of the Christ. Um, but a strong liking or desire or devotion to some activity, object, or concept. And so like when you think of passion, it's like this strong, almost like uncontrollable thing. Like you can't do anything else. And I'm like, I don't think I've ever really felt that way except like one relationship in my life. And that didn't end well. And that's what Elizabeth Gilbert says in, in, you know, in her speech is that like, if you think of like the most passionate relationship you've ever had, are y'all still together? Or did it end like in flames because it was so kind of uncontrollable? And that was kind of what her point was. If you follow that one thing, sometimes it can like just lead to obsession and like, like Edgar Allan Poe and like Vincent van Gogh and like, obviously they got other issues, but like they ended up penniless and they died in like a gutter and like the guy cut his ear off. Like things didn't go quote well. Like, yes, did they end up being okay in history? You know, like, yeah, we know their names. I don't know if we'll know their names like a hundred, 200 years ago. Like that's a very rare occasion. So, you know, kudos to other people like Leonardo da Vinci, but most of us won't like live in infamy, you know? Most of us will be like regular, like if you think of, I don't know if I've talked about this on other episodes, it's kind of depressing, but it's not in the same way. But like, there's been like billions of people before us who have been living regular lives. Like if you think of like, I don't know, the Egyptians, like the thousands of just farmers working the Nile, like we don't know their names, but they were part of building the empire. People you do know, like Nefertiti, like without them building Egypt, you wouldn't know about Nefertiti because they wouldn't have had an empire but you don't know their names. They were just regular people. And they probably liked like working the land. I mean, it might've been hard obviously, but like working the land, having their family and coming home and just like celebrating, you know, the Egyptian holidays. It's a super random example, but I think about this, like not infrequently of like the big names and history and stuff that you think of, but you don't really know the people that went in to that, like that were just living regular lives. Cause most people are just living regular lives and they're forgotten after like a generation or two. You know, and it's kind of weird and sad to think about, but I feel like a lot of people are so, myself included, we're like really pressed to be important, to make a legacy. But like the odds of that happening are super, super slim. Like there's going to be, you know, names now probably I think will be, you know, like Steve Jobs because, you know, revolutionized computer and Bill Gates and certain people and like, I don't know, Oprah's pretty cool. I don't know if she will, but you know, there's some things that you like will think also be living in forever in infamy like Elvis. But like generations, like my daughter didn't know who Elvis was. Granted, she's 11. She just turned 11. 
but like Elvis is kind of dying out. And I talked to my husband the other day about how, um, the Graceland, the Graceland, uh, property and who manages the estate, they're actually struggling because their population that listened to and fa- like fanatical about Elvis is dying because they're getting old and like, yeah, his, his music is cool. Like, yeah, he'll still be in museums at a certain point. Like he probably won't be talked about anymore. And it's kind of sad and weird to think about, but like, you know, it'll be thought about for another maybe generation or two, but the odds of him sticking around being longer than that and listening to his music and all those things other than being maybe like a blip and like a name on like a book are very slim. And then, you know, after a hundred years, it might be completely gone. People have no idea. And I'm just giving that as an example because I just talked about it with my husband the other day. But the point is, obviously they followed their passion. So even if you do follow your passion and you're like crazy successful in your generation, like two, three, I don't know, whatever generations away, like odds are not in your favor that you will be remembered unless you create an entire empire like Julius Caesar did, or he didn't create it by himself. But like, unless you do this ginormous thing, that's like going to be written in the history books, which is usually like some type of battle or like conquering. It's usually that kind of thing that you were remembered for. But other than that, like the odds are not in your favor, you know, and people really have to push to make that a thing. Like it doesn't just happen by itself by you being great. People have to come around it and say like, we want to keep talking about this person and keep it going. And so that was really convoluted. But the point is, I'm saying like the following your passions is sometimes overrated. And if you don't have one, then it makes you feel like garbage when people do say things like what Elizabeth Gilbert was saying in her speech. And then she realized that she kind of completely, like she started the speech and saying like, I'm going to completely flip on what I've been saying for the last couple of years and be anti-passion now because she didn't realize how garbage was making her feel. And that like most of the people in her life, like 99% of them didn't, and they didn't really have one thing. And it didn't occur to her until this woman directly said, like, you made me feel like crap by saying this. Cause it basically says to anyone who doesn't have that one passion and like go all in on that passion that you will never have a fulfilling life is basically what it says, but it isn't true. And I used to think the same thing. Cause I would like look at people who have like quote normal nine to five jobs and be like, that's so lame. And they would like be like TGIF. Right. And like, look forward to the weekend and blah, blah, blah. I was like, that's so lame. I don't want to live my life that way. But I'm like, now I'm like, I don't want to say like a quote, real adult, because that's not a thing. But, but now that I feel I've kind of shifted my thinking, because I quote, followed my passion and I did the whole thing. I'm like actually settled. And I'm like, you know what? I like have this really, this, I think this is why I like that episode kind of hit me in a certain way. Um, and I actually shared it with my friend and cause we talked about this too, was like the dabbling thing and how it's actually really hard for us to feel, I don't want to say happy, but like feel not satisfied. I don't know what the right, right word is for it, but it's really difficult because we have so many different things and everyone keeps saying niche down, niche down, one thing, one thing, and like follow one thing. But like, what if you like multiple things, you know? And I feel like that's also really good because one thing helps another thing and it flows into another thing. And then like, it's curious, like you're not like putting all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. Right. And then you're not trying to force that one thing to be a thing. You're just enjoying it. But anyways, I used to look at, you know, people who had like quote regular jobs and be like, that's so sad. I don't want to live that life, blah, blah, blah. And then I realized, you know what? Like I'm making a decent living. I like the people that I'm working with. I'm good at my job. I like the things that I'm doing. Like, am I like super jazzed about it every single time I like get up to the computer? Like, no, like there's stuff I don't like doing like every other job, you know, like even when I was doing musician stuff for full two years, 
and I was excited about it at a certain point, there was still stuff I didn't want to do. Like I don't want to email people and like cold reach out and DM people and be like, Hey, can I play a gig? Hey, I'd like to like, whatever, like stuff like that. Or like doing the admin of like, when you write a song, you have to like do all this backend stuff of registering it and like making sure all the numbers are right. Like there's all this stuff obviously that you don't want to do, but you have to do it because it's part of the quote job. So like, regardless of what you're doing, there's still going to be something that you don't like. And like looking at it now, I'm like, you know what? I've had this realization the other day. I don't know what it was. I think I was like watching TV with my daughter and like, we were just like literally watching an episode of SpongeBob, I think eating Chick-fil-A or something on the couch. Um, anyways, I had this, I was like, I don't know, maybe cause it was like nostalgia. I was like watching SpongeBob, which is like my generation millennial. Um, but I was like, I had this like weird, like feeling of like, oh, I'm happy. And I was like, I'm happy in the sense that like, Oh, I don't feel like I have to be doing anything else right now. Like I'm chill just being here, spending time with my child and like, yes, we're watching TV, but like I'm comfortable and she likes it. I like it. We don't have to constantly be talking about our feelings to connect and like spend quality time together. Like we did that already. We just got done a softball game. She just played for like two hours straight in the heat and like we're tired and like we had a long day. Like this chilling on the couch for a half hour eating Chick-fil-A nuggets is it's nice, you know? And I didn't feel like oh, I should be editing a podcast. I should be doing this. And I have to like make a workbook so people download it. So people get on my email list so I can email them and grow and make money. And I didn't even think of it. And it occurred to me now that I didn't even have those thoughts. I was just enjoying the moment. And for the first time, and like, I don't know since when, that was one of the first times that I remember like feeling that I didn't have to be striving for something else. And when I had that realization, I told that to my husband, I texted him. I think I like consciously were like, oh, I should tell him this, um, like two days ago, I think. And I was just like, I feel, I just realized like, I don't know if it's cause I'm like feeling like mentally, emotionally safe or something. I don't know. But I feel like this is the first time in a while that I'm like actually content and happy with my life. And I'm not like striving for something else because I feel like I've always been striving for something quote better, like for something else. And I can make another episode about this because I actually like sketch this out and I like feel like this will be like a bigger situ- conversation. But, you know, like when I was, I mean, I'm not going to count when I was younger because I was a kid, so I don't really know anything. But like when I was a teen, I honestly didn't have any strives because I was just kind of not in a good situation. So I didn't honestly even think about my future. Um, but then once I had my daughter, the thing that I was striving for was get out, like get out of the situation I was in, like get off the food stamp, get out of my mom's house. Like I need to get out of this situation, get into a better situation. And to be fair, I should have gotten in a better situation and I did. So I'm fine with that striving. Like that was fine. But I was hustling to that for like four years or whatever. Right. And then I got a job and I got out of college and then I was striving for something different. I was unhappy. I was just striving for something different, something better because I was unhappy. Like I was mentally unwell. Um, but I was striving for something better, different, because my life was boring and I maybe made mistakes and I wasn't happy with them and I didn't know what I wanted, but I didn't want this. So I was striving for something different and I was like hustling to do something different, something better. And then like, I started looking like, Oh, I like singing. I like music. Like, let's do this. And so for like the next five years, I was like working and striving. I was working full time, like a marketing job, but like on the back end, kind of striving to learn how to be better at music. Like I took voice lessons and I was learning how to play guitar and I was like looking, I was co-writing with people in the evenings and I was just hustling to do better. And then I got another job and then eventually COVID hit and I was still had striving and then I quit. And then I was striving for two years, hardcore to be a songwriter and a musician. And I was just striving for something better. 
And so I was going to Nashville like once a quarter for like a week at a time. And then I was like, for the first year, I was kind of like resentful, like, oh, I wish we could just move here, but we can't for my husband's job. And like, oh. and imagine these scenarios in which case it could work out. Like I could be here like in Nashville and like make it work. And then, so I was unhappy with the life I had in Virginia. It was like this whole thing. And I didn't realize it at the time that I was kind of like thinking this way, but I realize it now, obviously like 2020 looking back, um, that I was striving for a different life, a better life that I thought would be better based on this idea I had about what I wanted my life to be based on like, I don't know, media and what I thought I wanted for my life. And then of course, like two years into it, I realized I don't actually like it. I was kind of forcing a lot of stuff. I didn't actually feel like it worked with my personality, but because I had this thing in my head about what I wanted for my life and what I wanted to do and how it would be cool and how I wanted like this and blah, blah, blah. It was forcing it to happen. I just was like, you know what? Like, I really don't like this. Like I don't really like performing that much. It doesn't really fit my personality. Like me hiding in between sets, like not wanting to talk to people, me just going into autopilot during things, like being kind of annoyed the entire time I'm driving to a gig and then like feeling like I don't fit in when I'm doing it songwriting, like nothing, nobody ever made me feel any kind of way. This is all me. But because I felt these things and I never actually felt like I belonged in a real way, or that it was right. Again, nobody's fault. It was, it was all me feeling like I didn't, whatever. Right. Like I was, I stopped and then I got a job in marketing. Cause I'm like, okay, I don't want to do this. I realized like I had this idea about myself. I tried it. I don't like it. I don't actually want it. And I made this whole episode about quitting and I'll put it in the related episodes in the show notes. I'm making a note to myself now, but how like quitting is, is getting a bad rap, you know, like it doesn't mean that you gave up. It meant that like, I decided I didn't like it. And I thought about it too. Like I took a while for me to admit it to myself, but I was striving for something better because I thought it would better, but it wasn't better for me. You know what I mean? And now that I'm like more settled and I'm like, you know what? I feel like for the first time in a while, I don't feel like I have to strive for something better because I feel like I'm already like, like when I look around, I'm like, no, this is not my dream home or anything like that. But like, I would have never imagined having even the house that I have now or the life that I have now, like 10 years ago, or even like, I don't know, five years ago, because I wasn't in a good place five years ago mentally, you know? And so it's like this, it's just weird because obviously you have incremental increases, so you just don't notice it. But like this better that I'm striving for now is like, Amanda, your kid's getting older. Like, you want to be a good mom, like make sure you spend time with her. And I don't mean like the fake time in which you like force things to spend time, but like, no, just casually make a joke and like make time for her and like ask her about her friends and like, I don't know, offer to paint her nails and like random stuff, you know, like sit on the couch with her with SpongeBob or whatever. Like, that's what I want to be better at. And I don't have to strive to be better because I just have to be there and be myself, you know? And like, you know, at work and me doing marketing stuff, it's just like, okay, you know how to execute on them some things, just learn techniques, you know, just get better at that. But you don't have to be like having this whole feeling of like, it's not enough because it is enough. And I'm already better than I thought I would ever be in a lot of capacities. Like I would have never imagined the life that I have when I was like on food stamps and stuff for like two years and everything was completely paid for basically by Marilyn because I was on like welfare and food stamps and like the daycare vouchers, like going to college and had like an infant, whatever, you know, like I would have never, ever, ever, ever imagined it. You know, like my husband will sometimes ask me, like, I don't know what triggers it, um, but he'll be like, is this what you, <laughs> is this how you imagined your life would be like? He says, like, I forget how he phrases it. It's less like cliche, but he'll say that. And I was like, no. 
And he was like, well, what do you mean? Do you mean you're not happy? And I was like, no, I just never imagined my life being anything like this because I didn't imagine anything. I honestly had no thoughts about it because I couldn't imagine a situation that things were better. And so I just like climbed my way out and like things got better, but I never actually noticed that they were better. I never actually internally felt that they were better. And I talked about this in other episodes too, but point is this started as a passion episode, but the point is like, I never really had one passion and I don't now, you know, and that's kind of what I realized with music is that in order to be quote successful, to even make this thing possibly successful, because successful in like the entertainment industry is really not on you. Honestly, like it says that as like a victim mentality. It's really not. It involves so much external factors that aren't really within your control. You know, you can do your best and show up and keep coming up. But really, like you could be hustling for like 10, 15 years and nothing really happens for you. You know, and once you hit a certain age, like they're kind of outcast. Like you're kind of like your success, quote, success rate is going to dramatically, dramatically drop. You know, the fact that I have a kid, I'm 31, like the odds of me succeeding were already like extremely, extremely low. And then with that age and the family stuff, like they're kind of, you know, it's not there in a lot of ways. Like, could it happen? Sure. But I'd have to hustle for like 10 years prior to this. Like me hustling now for 10 years puts me at like, you know, 39, you know, when I started hustling, puts me close to 40 and it's just, the odds are very low. So unless I have that quote passion, which I realized I didn't. And I think that's why I felt out of place a lot of times because I didn't have, I thought, I think what they had, like they were willing to work the crap jobs. They were willing to do it and they were super happy because they were like, it's worth it. They would say these things and I I know they meant it. Like it's worth it. You know, I never felt that way. I was doing it because I liked singing and because I thought I was good and people told me I was, you know, good at singing and stuff like that. So I learned other skills to make myself better, but I never actually had that feeling of like, yes, this is where I'm meant to be. I don't remember ever a time. Like even when I was writing the people that I liked, I still had this internal, like, I don't think I'm doing a good job. I don't know if I like me or, you know, like, is this the right way to say it? Or is like, this the right thing to say? Like, I think I'm annoying them. And that's like internal insecurities. But my point is I never felt confident in my skill really. And I never felt like this is where I'm meant to be. I never felt like I'm willing to suffer 10 years for this. I wasn't. I quit after two years because I realized, I think subconsciously after a year, I didn't love it. But then consciously, like during the last like six months, I was like, I don't actually like this. I don't think I like this. I don't love this enough. I don't actually have the passion. I thought I did, but I didn't. And that's what I realized. Like the passion is like following your passion. Like it's hard. Like, if I thought it was and it wasn't right. And when I went all in, I didn't. And now that I'm, I don't have that, like I tried it, like I quote quit, you know, to follow my quote dreams, realize I didn't actually want them. And it's like, okay, cool. I admitted I didn't like it. I tried it. Like I have nothing else in my back burner. That's like, if only this, if only I could do this, I don't have anything like that in my back pocket right now. Cause I tried what I wanted to try and I realized I didn't want it. You know, and now I'm like, well, what do I do? And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to chill here for a minute. Enjoy my freaking life. Like I've been striving for like the past like 15 years to go to something quote better. And again, you know, in some circumstances I should have, and I did. So I'm like, fine that I strove to be better. I am. And like, even now I'm like, I told this, my friend, she was like, well, you should still be like striving. I'm like, no, 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 I am. Like, I still want to be better. Like, I'm, you know, like learn and listen to podcasts and make sure I'm showing up for my husband and making sure I'm learning and like, you know, like reading and all that stuff. Like, But generally like feeling, I guess the striving in my mind is like feeling like incomplete, like striving, like something else will be better. Like it's not like nine times out of 10, it's not. 
Cause like you're always going to want more money or more success or whatever, but like, it doesn't, it'll get you things, right? Like it'll supply you with certain things and power, but like, how is that definitely going to make you feel, you know? So like, there's a certain point I feel like with the money thing and, you know, success that like, at what point does it like drastically make your life better? You know, like at at a certain point, it's just kind of like incremental, like 2%, 1%, 0.5%, maybe 3%. It's not that big of a difference once you get to a certain point. And anyways, I'm going to wrap this episode up now, but I guess the point I was trying to make is like passion is, I don't know. I feel like it's really overhyped and overrated. And I really resonated with what Elizabeth Gilbert was saying in her, in her speech. Um, it's really short too. It's like, I don't know not even 15 minutes, I want to say. Um, and like that snippet, I'll put it in the, in the show notes. Um, but anyways, I really resonated with it because even she, she was one that a big proponent and she turned back on it being like, you know, most of the people in my life, they don't, they don't have the life that I had. They didn't do the one thing for like 30 years. And then randomly, despite the odds, like 15, 20 years in have a giant blip of success and like keep going with it. They dabbled through their life. Like one choice led to the other because this led to this. And obviously different people have different circumstances. They make different decisions and they have to make different decisions based on those decisions. You know, like when I had a kid, like I couldn't just like fart around and like follow quote dreams. Like I had a kid I had to get her health insurance. She had stuff to do and I had to live somewhere because I had to get out of where I was at because it was not good. So I had to make a decision to get out and get a full-time job. And then that let, you know, like it, based on your circumstances, your past and like where you are, what you want, like you have to make decisions based on that. And so if you, you might not even realize you're supposed to quote, have a passion because you're not. And I feel like it's just really overhyped and makes those who don't have that one singular thing to drive them through the rest of their life feel like crap. And I feel like it's really harmful on social media to think that. And I really like that episode. So anyways, I'm going to put that in the show notes. I'm going to wrap this up for real. Um, and I think that was pretty much it. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think, was there anything else? I don't know. I just want to like, I don't know, feel free to dabble and stuff, you know, like, I don't know. Like um, I said, I would wrap this up and then I lied. Um, like I got really burnt out on music and that's how I know it's not like a passion of mine. Cause I feel like you can't really get burnt out on it in a lot of ways. Like I, like I haven't picked up my guitar now in three months and because I realized, I think now I'm realizing right now as I'm speaking, it's like, I think I realized like the reason why I was playing guitar and trying to get better is because I had this vision of myself of doing it as a full-time career. And I was learning to get better at guitar so I could be better on stage and feel more confident in writing room. So I didn't look like an idiot. Like it wasn't because I loved guitar. It wasn't because I loved practicing. It wasn't because I loved doing it. It was because I didn't want other people to think I was stupid or not a real musician or that. And then it would, it would, then it also was like enable me to be better at my job. It wasn't because I loved it. Right. And that's why I was, I wasn't learning guitar because I loved it. So it's now easy for me to put it down. And so my guitar is just sitting there. And I told someone that the other day, they're like, well, that's kind of sad. And I was like, I don't feel sad about it. I actually feel pretty fine. And I actually thought about the other day. I was like, should I sell one? Cause I got an electric guitar too. And I'm like, I literally haven't put that thing up in like eight months. And I only got it because I thought it would help me. Like I was thinking of the opportunities it would give me, which is fine in some circumstances, but like, <laughs> it's like, now I was just sitting there and I have an amp and I'm like, I probably get like a thousand dollars at least for both of them. Like, but it's just sitting there cause I don't need the thousand. I'm just like, well, maybe I'll pick it back up in six months. But like, I don't know. Um, 
I have like a little watercoloring kit and I like to sometimes watercolor and like I have like a little sketch pad. I'm not like terrible at it. And I'm like, oh, okay, let me like do a little sketch pad. And I'm like looking up art classes and like, I don't know, I, for, I like writing. So I'm like, maybe I like to write. And I like was looking at my old stories that I was like writing. And I was like, actually, these aren't garbage. <laughs> you know, like you'll write something, you're like, this is terrible. Or you'll do something and you'll think it's terrible. And then like, you'll come back to it like a couple months, a year, like this point, the little short story. I thought it was like two years old now at this point. I haven't touched it since. I just had this like random burst two years ago to write it. I read it t- like the other day and I was like, actually, this isn't bad at all. Like it's actually pretty good. Um, which is like probably like Amanda, like obviously you think it good. Like, no, I was actually like, you know what? This is really decent. I'm not a bad writer. I studied history, I write, and like marketing, I write. So writing makes sense to me. I was like, I liked writing songs because writing. So I'm like, maybe I like writing. Maybe I just generally like to be creative. But that manifests itself in lots of different ways. I don't have to be like a quote musician and be like that one thing because music is all encompassing or like take my sketching that I like to do and turn it into like make an Etsy and create a whole Instagram for it. Like not everything needs its own Instagram account, right? Like you can just be a person and enjoy things and share things and I don't know. And it's just interesting to think about too, because like the other day I was talking to somebody and like, they're pretty high up in my company or whatever. Um, and they were talking about like what they like to do and just like casually or whatever. And like you just, it's weird too. Cause you think of people as one thing. Right. And that's part of the issue, right? Like you think of someone as one thing and then they were talking and they're like, yeah, and I crocheted this and I learned how to do this cause like a work stress and blah, blah, blah. And so like they were into crocheting and then they were taking like photography classes at like a local art thing. Like they were just doing all this stuff and they were like showing me the photography from their vacation. It was like really good. And, you know, it was just like, I wasn't like surprised that they did it. It was just kind of like, you know, you just always think of someone in this one way, especially if they're like decently high up in like whatever they're doing in their career. But you don't think about all the other things that they enjoy doing outside of that. It has nothing to do with their doing, but they like that too, you know? Um, like I'm a mom, I'm a wife. I go to the gym like three to five times a week. (laughs) I've been skipping this week because I have my period and I tend to skip sometimes when I'm on that. But anyways, three to five times a week, I like lifting. Like, you know, like I could, I thought about being a personal trainer for a minute, but I was like, I don't think I love that enough to go fully into it. I just want to enjoy it. I like sketching. I like musicians. Like there's no one thing that I'm like, I want to devote my entire next 20 years to this. Like there's literally nothing right now except my family because that's like what I'm spending most of my time with. And that's what I feel like will have the biggest impact on my life. And obviously their impact on their life is just making sure I'm there and like showing my child that it's okay to go for something and decide she doesn't like it too. You know what I mean? So I, I showed that you can follow your dreams and then you can just be like, I don't like this anymore. You know what I like more right now? I like being able to pay for sleepaway camps for her. And I like being able to buy Chick-fil-A for her, like after a softball game without worrying like, oh, Chick-fil-A is kind of expensive for fast food. It is, but I'm like totally fine paying because it's like real chicken outside, you know, unlike Burger King or whatever. So I only actually go to uh, Chick-fil-A for fast food. But uh, anyways, I'm derailing the conversation of myself right now, basically a monologue. But yeah, I just started this conversation with myself and my microphone and you to say that I really liked that thought and kind of that reassurance because I feel like after when you do get to a certain age it does make you feel a certain way of like why haven't I figured this out like what is it that I like and maybe you just like lots of things and I was talking like I said I was talking to my friend and she was saying like I don't have one thing you know what makes me happy traveling talking with my friends having conversations doing interactions trying new things like I like my garden I like planting stuff I like like playing with my cat you know like she was just like listing these random life Things that had nothing to do with, quote, success and striving the way that, like, society is telling us to. At least Western society is anyways. 
And it was like kind of refreshing to like talk about it and like hear the episode and I don't know how the realization that like for the first time in a while, like maybe ever, I'm like, you know what? I feel completely content because there's nothing right now that I'm striving for because the thing that I've been striving for for five years, I tried and I don't want it. And I realized I didn't want it. I didn't like it. So what am I going to do quote now with my life? I don't know, but I don't need to figure it out because like theoretically, like we're people living a lot longer than they used to. I'm like, I probably got at least a good, what am I, 31? Like I got at least another 40 plus years in me at least, I feel like if I'm healthy, you know, that's more than half my life I have left. So like to figure out what I want to do now for the rest of my, like for the next 40 years, like it's crazy, you know? Like, so what do you want to be when you grow up? I don't know. I feel like most people don't, they never figure it out. They just kind of like live through life one thing at a time. And then eventually, hopefully they find something, some type of joy. Um, okay. For real, let me SDFU. So if you like this episode at all related, whatever, I would really appreciate a share of someone like maybe you thought about, um, like how I shared the episode with Elizabeth Gilbert with my friend, like, Hey, we were just talking about this made me think of you thought you'd like, um, you can send that text to a friend or, you know, five-star review is pretty cool beans as well. I'd really appreciate it. So Apple or Spotify, whoever you're listening to, like they know it's not, it's good content. It's not annoying, hopefully. And, um, yeah, I think that was it. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and thank you for listening to another episode and I will be in your ears next week. Bye.